Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Back at it again with another fresh podcast for you guys. As you're cruising to your Friday or your weekend after work, uh, we've got some upcoming events I want to remind you guys about. we got Bugarama 82 at Sacramento Raceway. That's going to be May 28th and 29th. So if you're up there in the Sacramento area, make sure you guys go support and go show up with Bugarama. June 5th. That's right. The weekend of June 5th, my birthday is the 6th, guys. So for my birthday, I'm looking to hang out with a bunch of you fools. The weekend of the VW Classic. That kicks off Friday afternoon at Pierside Parts with an open house, followed by DKP's Garden Grove Main Street uh, cruise-in that same Friday night. Saturday morning is Octo. Saturday afternoon or Saturday mid-morning to afternoon is the RVA show. And then wraps it up Sunday with the VW Classic and Let's Talk Dubs will be there. Our booth will be out there. Probably drag a couple cars with me and uh, stop by the booth and say hi. But I'm really looking forward to seeing all you guys out there. It's going to be an incredible weekend. It is jam-packed. It's just like the classic weekend used to be. So I'm super stoked to be there. There's a weekend you got to pick for the VW Classic in Southern California for any weekend in the month of June. My opinion, my two cents for whatever that's worth. It's the first weekend in June for the VW Classic and all those other events that are stacked up one on top of the other. So if you want to have a great weekend and you want to meet up with Let's Talk Dubs, that's where we're going to be. Uh, so I look forward to meeting with a bunch of you guys out there and uh, getting to kick it and meet some uh, new faces and and listeners to the podcast. So a couple of shout outs today. First shout out we've got for people that supported the podcast, picking up some merch. I got Alec Johnson, Alex Johnson out of Miami, Florida. He picked up some merch. Also got Fabian Tellez. He, and he picked up some merch. He's out of Southern California. And then we've got Bruce Schmel. Bruce Schmel picked up some, uh, he's out of Sinking Springs, PA, and he picked up some merch as well. And then I've also got Andrew Hawthorne out of North Saanich, BC, and Tom Brown out of Corona, California. And I may have mentioned those guys last week. I may, I may not have but i wanted to make sure i mentioned everybody that supports your favorite podcast let's talk dubs so i appreciate the support guys if you want to support go to let's talk dubs.com and pick up some merch go to the pick up some merch page and you can pick up some merch you can register for our show our show is still happening coming up this october we're going to have the let's talk dubs in the wagon one crazy weekend that's brought to you by finley volkswagen and a myriad of other sponsors and i'm looking forward to that exciting weekend where we do an organized strip cruise on friday car show saturday and saturday night's fall up by the world famous let's talk dubs poker run where i'm going to give out a bunch of cash money to those vw enthusiasts that come out to have a great time with us and live a legendary weekend at the orleans hotel and casino make sure you guys go to the website go to letstalkdubs.com click on showtime and that will give you all the information for the room it'll give you a link to, to reserve your room so make sure you reserve your room at least 30 days before special room rates way cheaper than california and you get to stay right on property where all your vehicles will be secured we've got overnight security so nothing to worry about. It's a fun-filled, action-packed weekend that's going to be happening in October. Nice and cool here in Las Vegas. Get to cruise your Volkswagen on the world-famous Las Vegas Boulevard with a group of Volkswagens that, who knows, could be a world record. We don't know. We're going to go for it anyway. So I'm excited for that going on. Lots of stuff happening. I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by VW Trends Magazine, a magazine for the people, by the people. Back at it again with some fresh new content, a magazine like no other on the market right now. So make sure you guys you guys go to vwtrendsmagazine.com and subscribe. On today's podcast, we get back into it with Andy Finch from Spike's Vintage Restoration. Now, Andy picked up Dennis Hyde's Ghia, which was his dream car of all times. And this podcast is interesting because behind the scenes, when he got this car, I knew what he was going through and his plan was to get it running. Well, he quickly learned that that was going to be a monumental task, which then snowballed into a big ordeal. But let's not get too much into it. Let me let him tell you on this week's episode with the Dennis Hyde Ghia on Let's Talk Dubs. Spikes Custom Paint up there in the UK. He's one of the top level builders coming out of that region of the world. Everybody's really familiar with his work. And last time we had him on about it, got all his history. And then he, he finally obtained his dream car. And during that process, he would start sending me some text messages as he started to get some time to work on it. And he unveiled a few things to me. And I knew we had another story here to discuss. And I said, once this becomes public knowledge, 
you got to come back on the podcast. I was supposed to go to Volksworld meet with him, but I got held up in Mexico for a little bit and uh, didn't get a chance. But after I, I got freed up, I reached out to him and, and told him we needed to sit down and kind of hammer out this podcast. So on today's show, we're welcoming back Andy Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, Andy. Hi, Bill. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. I'm, I'm, I'm free and I'm here and we're ready to talk about <laughs> the dentist. This, this is, so to, to refresh everybody's memory, this is Dennis Hyde's Gia, but more famously known as the Gia that was in Colin Burnham's book. What was the title of the book that, that it was in? It was the um, Custom <laughs> custom Volkswagens. I mean, it was just the book. It was the book we all got when we we're teenagers, go to the bookstore and like, oh, there's yeah. a book on Volkswagens. And it was this devastating uh, I think it's a Porsche raspberry color and it's just like, well, I, I, th- I thought, but, uh, <laughs> at any rate, um, it's this, it's, it's, it's this raspberry colored gear that's fully polished done to the nines and like full on show car. So Andy, you get the car and it's, this is your dream car. This is your reason for being a painter today. And, Walk us through the process of as you get the car and you start to realize that it's not a hundred percent of what you were thinking you were getting, and not in a bad way, but like when the realization hits you that this was purely a show car. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, uh, I've got to make this perfectly clear right from the start. Dennis, Dennis told me right from the start that don't expect to get a car you're going to start driving as soon as you get it out of the container. He said it needs a lot of work. You know, it's been sitting around a long, long time, um, and it was built purely as a trailer queen. Now, trailer queens today and trailer queens from back then are two clearly different things. Um, but, you know, it literally was. But I think it had to drive forwards and backwards under its own steam. I'm not quite sure how it did that, but, um, you know, that's all it had to do to, to get a, a, to be able to drive. I'm not sure how, but um, but that was it. And then when it, when it turned up, I was like, I think the colour was the main thing. In the, in the Colin Burnham book, the colour doesn't look actually anything like what the real colour is. I didn't know what the real colour was, and it was only when I got out when I saw it, I realised that it's actually a Porsche Magenta, which was a normal straight pink that they used on the Porsche back in the seventies. Now, I was under the impression that it was this like raspberry colour with pearl and all sorts of crazy madness going down. And then when I saw it. I was a little bit disappointed, not in the, uh, you know, it's not what I want. It's, it is what I wanted, but it's not how I imagined the car to be. Um, I think I was really kidding myself, thinking it was going to look anything like the book, bearing in mind it was built so long ago, you yeah. know, and it has been just sat around and, you know, dragged from garage to garage, and, you know, Dennis is, as long as he's owned the car. So, you know, I really did, I got exactly what I, what I, what I was expecting, really, I suppose. And so you get this car, and you're thinking, you're obviously busy at the shop. You've obtained your dream car, and you're you're like, you know what? I'm going to take it easy. Let me get some time at work, and I'm going to start messing with it a little bit. And and you know, at this at this point, you push it on the trailer. There's no rush to get it started. It hasn't been started in 30 years. You're not going to rush this thing. And I remember you sending me pictures of your 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 shampooing the interior. And you're doing all the stuff and you're, you're starting to go through the methodical process of like carefully dis, you know, disassembling and then reassembling the car and just kind of giving it a super deep clean, right? That's, that's it. And I think, you know, the whole idea was let's just get it running and let's just drive it, you know, let's take it to Volkswagen show, let's show everyone what this was. And, and then uh, I got on the ramp at work um, and, it, and it had a hole in the floor pan. Um, which was, it had been caused by getting it on and off a trailer by looks like it had a big tear in the floor, right where some of the graphics were. Um, and I was just under it, and the guys who worked for me, um, they were under the car with me, and I said, yeah, I'm going to just, I'm just going to, like, t- weld this little bit together, and I'm going to touch this bit in. And they were just like, are you mental? And I was like, what? They are going, this car needs doing, man. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I, I just want to try and keep it original. And they said, but you can't. You can't just do one bit. You know, there was a dent in the wing. There was a dent in the door. Uh, the rear quarter was scratched. And, you know, um, the engine, like I say, it, it needs to come out. And the engine bay behind the uh, stainless was a little bit, well, it was all the original color of the car. They hadn't painted behind the uh, firewall. Stuff like that. And then uh, we looked at it a bit more and then realized that, you know, if we're going to do it, 
we better do it properly because we we had it. We actually did a long discussion at work about it, and the, the lads at work with me said, well, "You know, what about these people who are expecting to see Dennis Hyde's car exactly like you did in the book? They're, that's what everyone's expected to see at Volkswagen. They expect to see this high-end show car that these Americans built all those years back, and that's what they all think it is." And I thought, I said, you know what, you're right, this is exactly what they need. So what we decided to do was redo the whole car exactly how it was, try and save anything we can, um, but it will be identical, but it will run and it will drive. Well, that's, and I, that's what we and I think the first picture you sent me was the pan taken off the car. And I said, what are you doing? You said, I'm just going <laughs> to fix the pan. I'm just going to go through the drivetrain and dial it in. And, and this, this car... I don't remember in the in the book if there's a picture of the interior, but there was no gauges. There was the dash was completely shaved, correct? That's right. There was no gauges at all. Not not a gauge one, which was really futuristic, or just something they never got around to doing. <laughs> <laughs> From what I gather, <laughs> there were two dashboards in the car. One, uh, um, is it Steve Connect who built the car? Yeah. Um, he's the guy. Him and his father. I've, I've done a little bit of research now, so and I've, I spoke to Steve at length about this. And he, they built the dashboards, the fiberglass dashboards. That's what they did at any shop. And that car had the first dashboards, I think. Don't quote me on this. In it, so they had one of each. They could swap the dashboards around depending on what they were going to do. Right. When the car turned up with me, it had both the dashboards. He gave me, you know, the, the the single one that's in it now, and the one that was in it when it turned up. Um. And I was going to drive this car, and I knew it, but the, the, the dashboard which curves around like Night Rider. Yeah, yeah. Where the, where the shifter is, you can't get into first and you can't get into third properly without your knuckles hitting the center collar. It's a lot of messing around to get it to work properly. Um, so we took that out, put the, just put the other dashboard in, and it, it looked really good. It, and it looked just right, and I thought, if I paint this and, you know, and make it this look, just and no one will really notice the fact that it hasn't got the center console in. So we went, decided that, and then uh, I rustled up some uh, 912 gauges, some Porsche 912 gauges, which we then painted, took apart, painted pink with all the purple numbers, exactly like all the little bits of detail that were on the car. Right. Put all the dashboards together. That was the first thing I did. Put all the dashboards together just to make sure we were heading in the right direction. Did that and realized this is exactly what needs to be done. So I rang up a very good friend of mine, James Watton. Uh, he does a lot of my mechanical work. And I said to him, look, man, this is what's going down. And he's of my age as well, or our age, and he knows the car. And he said, listen, if, if you ever do anything with this car, we need to try and get the race. He said, let me help you. I want to I want to help you do it. Right. So I called that favor. I called that favor right yeah. here. <laughs> and I said, this is what's going down. I'm going to take the body off. I'm going to bring you the pan. And I want you to get the pan to a point where I can just bolt the body back on. Because we're going to go through the whole body. Well, and and bear the, in mind, this is... And in the same respect... You know, this is one of those cars where, like, we've all seen it in the books growing up, and it's and it's like, okay, well, this is the continuation of this car's history, so you kind of want to be a part of that to yeah. some degree. You know what I mean? So, so it's almost yeah. like it's an honor. It would be an honor if I could put my stamp on that car as well, which is going to move forward and continue. On. And it's not like you're, you know, because that's a that's a careful balance, right? Like you start going down this road, it's like. We've got to, we've really got to stay true to the original car, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but you want to make, you envision yourself driving this car down the road and it is, it is not driving in the condition that it's in at all. No, not at all. So uh, I said to, I said to James, I said, you need to save everything you can. And, and I said, uh, you know, it's, and I said, I can't drive it as it is with a, with a Scott Whip beam with, with the six inch wheels that are on the front. Um, because I, I, I assumed they were genuine futures being back then, but they're not. They're American Eagle, um, you know, five by 130 futures. Now, I haven't even, I've never even seen them. I only thought they did five by, you know, the 205 wide five futures. I didn't realize they made a copy of them back then. Sure. I didn't know anyone made them. So uh, that was pretty trippy. So uh, I want to keep the I had to keep the wheels, even though they're not genuine. Well, I'll keep them wheels. And uh, so we had to narrow the front beam, but we've narrowed, we've got the original beam, and uh, we've narrowed the original beam just two inches, just enough so we can get the wheels under the front, and it looks how it did, and I can drive it. 
uh, gear. We, we, I put air ride on the front, just a little pair of air shocks. The, the original shocks that were on it when it turned up chrome, and they would, they didn't work. They were all just had it, you know. So yeah. we needed new shocks anyway. So I said, listen, let's get some air shocks. We, we, I painted them pink. We kept it all undercover, didn't we? Hidden everything away so you can't really see it. Um, the discs we had to change because they had the chrome discs all inside where the bearings went in were, were finished. They were no good. So we've got another set of discs. Um, that's the only thing I couldn't get done in time is to get the disc chrome and then machined. So that will happen, but not just yet. Um, and on that, uh, went all through the drivetrain and gearbox. The gearbox was good, funnily enough. The gearbox was absolutely fine. Um, and the engine, well, well, the engine, uh, well, I remember you sent me, I remember you sent me a picture of the engine and I think the spark plugs were painted. Like they had paint That's on the, <laughs> they had paint on the spark plugs. You go, I'm not sure it's going to run. And then you sent me a video like a half a day later and said, we got it to run. We got, they, they fired up the motor and it was actually running. It was running, but that was, that lasted for about five minutes. Um, and then we, he turned it off and then it just shit itself. And then it was just, it, it it was no good. The engine was no good. It, it had massive oil pressure. Something wrong with it. So we pulled it apart, and it was uh, it needed a lot of work. But he um, managed to save the case. It's the original case. We've had it re- remachined, um, new barrels and pistons. Uh, it's got the same heads on it that have been we've redone the heads, so they're all nice. It's got the original carbs on it, which turned up. I haven't even touched those. They are still as they were painted back then. We managed to clean them up, really? get them as they were. Yeah, yeah, they're the, and they run sweet. And it's even still got the clear HT leads. They're still the original ones, but, and they still work. I can't believe it. Wow. So, um, a well, new I, set of air, air filters we had to put on. Um, so, my question yeah. is, I, I remember when I first saw you starting to do this, you went right away and you pulled the body off the pan, and I thought, okay, he's getting yeah. it sorted mechanically, right? He's going to do That's a, pre- a preservation you know, not touching the paint and all that stuff. At what point? Cause the next, then a few days later you said, well, I think we've, I think we've, we've crossed the line now. And you sent me a picture of the car in bare metal and I'm losing my mind. I'm like, this guy's insane. Like he stripped the car down to bare metal. What was the, what was the deciding factor on that? Uh, the deciding factor in that was, was I think, it had it had it had been a big crash at some point in its life on the near side of the car um, and the, the the front wing and the door didn't really there was no way I could get it to line up properly um, and the door didn't shut properly and it, 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 a lot of the pictures I see the car with the doors open and stuff like that so I said to fix that that needs to be done so by the time I fix this and that there's bits on the other side which could chip and damage. I said, we might as well just do the whole thing. Let's just start again. Um, and then just, let's just start again. But I, w- I haven't painted the insides of the doors. We've saved all the original graphics that, uh, that Steve put on. All the original graphics on the inside of the recorders. The graphics under the wheel arches. We've masked them all off, kept them all, and then worked all the way around everything. So when you open the doors, if you see the car now, you'll see that the graphics aren't perfect. They're chipped, they're damaged. Right. And I've clear-coated over the top of them, so I've left them. So when I'm sitting there driving, and I look to my left, and you see the graphics, <laughs> it's Steve painted those all those years ago. So I've got some, there is some stuff left on it as it was. Not much, but there is. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's crazy because, you know, the because the, the, I have the notch back. I, I've, I have mm. Steve's notch back. And, you know, I mean, they airbrushed the fabric inside the engine compartment you know that somebody took the time yep. to airbrush graphics and all the fabric and all and that stuff like i don't even think you could recreate it if you wanted to you know what i mean no and it's so cool and, and part of it is like even even in its you know when you see the age of it it's still something cool that it's the original piece of that particular car you know what i mean yeah and so the the graphics i don't remember this car so were the graphics just like a real subtle graphic on the interior um, well, I mean, again, until I got the car, I didn't even know it had graphics on the inside. But it's just like two stripes that run from the rear court of, under the window all the way along the top of the door. And then and down the door shut and in the door shut when you open the door. It's like a blue and a, like a dark, dark purple with like a airbrush highlights. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, because obviously uh, we had to redo the underneath. 
James done the underneath for me. Um, and uh, I said to him, send me the pan back. I'll do the graphics and then I'll send you the pan back and you can carry on building it. And he went, he said, no, he said, I think I can do that. And I said, well, if you think you can do it, then you do it. Yeah. And so he spread it. He did the graphics and his paint underneath that pan. I'll tell you what, it, it, it's, it's, it's mental how he's done it. And it's, I mean, I struggled doing the, the little bit inside the bottom of the door shut, which was completely missing um, through where the door was kept rubbing on the on the sill. So to repair that bit, I actually had to do a blow of it, and I had like six goes at it to get it. And it was just like, how did they make it like this all that time ago? You know. So now, when it, you it's done, and it, you know, when you reached out to Steve. What were some of the questions you had from? Because now you know you're going back in time, and this guy painted this car 35, 40 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back when you and I were in grade school, these guys are these guys are <laughs> these guys in their late the late teens, early twenties, busting out yeah. stuff out of Bakersfield. And so, so what was some of the questions that you got to Steve, where you were just kind of like amazed of, like how did this go down and how did you guys assemble this? And then, uh, you know, how was, what was, what was his disposition when he found out what you were doing? I think, I mean, it, it took me, uh, it took me a while to think about, you know, reaching out to Steve and telling him and, and see, and, and the same with Dennis. I thought to myself, shall I, shall I tell him what I'm doing or shall I just show him afterwards? Well, I, read, I spoke to Steve and I said, look, I explained what I was doing. And I said, you know, you've got to understand that, you know, it needs a little bit of love. And he, he was cool as hell about it, you know. He just said, yeah, I understand what you're doing, you know. It's in the right hands, you know. And I said, you know, I want to make sure it was the right colour. I want to make sure, you know, I was doing the right thing. And he, he was really, really helpful in the whole thing, you know. To be fair, um, they, they all were. They put me in a group chat. And uh, is it Jack <laughs> Diacopo? Yeah, they put me in a group chat with, with all the guys that work there, which was mental. And they were all like, I was, they were wanting to see what I was doing and, I was showing them pictures of it, and they were just like, I can't believe that car is on the other side of the world. And it's, you know, that's being done again. It's about to just, you know, you drop it in a show scene. And then Steve goes, when do you, when do you expect to have the car finished? And we started this car in January. Right. All right. And we started it in January. I think it was. And then uh, the car had to be finished, obviously, by March, by second week in March. And um, we were pressing hard, and uh, obviously I've got to run the shop as well, so we were fitting it in the late evenings, weekends, worked every, the boys at work, my friends come and help me, and uh, we just got stuck right into it to get it done, and, and Steve goes, oh, he goes, when do you get it done by? So I told him where it's got it done by, and he was just like, what, next year? And I said, no, this year. I said, you've got like three years worth of work, you're doing like three months, and he just laughed, and he said, yeah, he said, there's nothing's changed in the last 40 years, he said. All body shops have got to do this amount of work in this much time when it comes up to the show. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Well, and one of the things that, that I, it, it, it's interesting because even Rodbuster was repainted in 2011. And back in, you know, he took the car to the Bilberg show or the Bill Sport show in Sweden, right? It was invited. Yeah. And while the car was in the airplane, it, it got real cold and a huge piece of the paint came off the roof. And so he took the car back down to metal. And, and what's what's unique is that back then, the way they built and painted cars and prepped, it was like a little more mud, a little less, a little less metal work. And now it's gone completely different because the cars have become so old and, and maybe so valuable or maybe so treasured by the enthusiasts that they've put more money into metal work and less into body filler. So it's like, it's a completely different process. So what might start out as a really straight car is not super straight when you get going with it. So that's a huge setback, you know? And then yeah. the, the motor, so did you make some, because the motor had heater ducts on it. Does it still have the heater ducts on it now? Or yeah, did, and, and they work. Oh, really? So you, Yeah, I mate, it's got to work over here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a little chilly over there. I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I want to keep it exactly how it was. I want it to work. I painted the heat exchangers, um, you know, that paint just done everything back to how exactly how it was um, and made it work. And your goal originally when you did this, it was kind of like, it was more a personal private thing for you. You were like, this is, this yeah. is my dream car. You know, this is what I do. You're conflicted by, by kind of doing it. But in the same respect, you're like, I want this to be my, 
I want to live this dream. I want to drive this car on the roads here in England. I want to be able to take it out on a summer day. I want to be able to like go in the garage, turn the key, start it up and, and, and live that dream. And you're conflicted with like, do I tell anybody or do I keep it a secret? Because part of you, you don't want to be the guy that goes down as like, you're like the guy who invented new Coke in the eighties, right? The new formula that, yeah. that just ruined Coca-Cola's brand. You, you, there's kind of that, well, you know, what's everybody going to think if I redid this car or whatever, when, what pushes you to tell everybody what you did? Uh, well, obviously it's a few, the few people I did tell when I was doing it was my close friends who helped me and they were all sworn to secrecy. You, yeah. a few other people I told, um, but I kept it pretty undercover really. And the reason why was because I wanted to show it involved as well. <clears throat> and, uh, I had a, a show board made. Um, and it clearly states on it, and I put, you know, the original painter was uh, Steve Connect, the original owner, the guys that helped, and I put my name at the bottom. There's only a little bit at the bottom, you know, quite small writing that says we've completely redone the car, but all the props go to these guys, because to be fair, you know, they need to be. They need, people need to understand. He, he, people who didn't know about the car, who were seeing it, they need to know who these people are. Sure. So, uh, and then I didn't tell anyone. I just dropped it at a Volkswagen show, and uh, it, it went down. People, it was just people were crazy for it. Absolutely, I couldn't believe the reception this car got, um, and the the messages I got from people. There was guys uh, who'd literally gone to the show just to see this car for no other reason. Yeah. You know, I bumped, I bumped into a guy from the, from the states. I can't remember where he said he was from. Now uh, it was from the west coast, and he just he said, uh, "I heard the car was here. I was in England. I heard the car was here." And he said, so I've come over from somewhere to, uh, you know, to uh, just to see the car. And he was talking to me and he said, Matt, he said, and everyone was asking me, is this what it was like? And I was like, well, you know, something like that. We had to do a little, little things to it here and there. Yeah. And I think the thing that done me the most was, um, I was standing there and then some guy, I heard some guy saying to his missus, uh, he goes, look at this. He said, I follow these guys on Instagram. He said, they're passing this off as their own job. And he goes, no, no, they just put this in, a, you know, they, they got it out of a container, polished it, and brought it here. This car was painted 35 years ago. Can't believe they're trying to say it's their work. And I think it was then that I decided that, is that what people think? Do they think that I'm trying to pass this off as my own, you know? I, I, I never even thought about it. So I, I sort of told people, and I, when I got back, I left it a few days, and then I put it on Instagram, I put it on Facebook, you know, that, that we'd actually redone the car with the photos of it in bare metal and, you know, and then people realized that, damn, you know, you did actually do this car. Right. And then and a few weeks later, when the, when the weather sorted its life out, I was, I've been out driving it and, you know, and people like, I can't believe you're actually driving it. <laughs> so why well, I told you what, this is exactly the whole reason I bought the car. You know, I don't care how nice it is. This is what I built it for to well, drive it. That's the dream, right? That's the reason. Like you saw that car and you thought one day I'll have a I'll have a Gia like that and I'll drive it. Yep. And then you buy the actual car, and the last thing you're going to do is go through that go through that process and and not be able to live that dream, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, that is what it's all about, you know. And everyone's got their own their own mindset on show cars, you know. Trailer queens are trailer queens. They don't have to be, but I appreciate it, yeah, and everyone's like, it's their own. You, people can spend, I mean, serious, serious amounts of money on, on building a show car, a full-on show car, and they don't want to get it dirty. They don't want to ever get it damaged because of the investment they put into it. Luckily for me, it doesn't matter if something happens to it, you know, I can fix it, right. you know, and that's the whole idea. If something happens, I can fix it. It, it doesn't bother me, you know, well, and I, I'm just I, careful in it. But But I think there's also something to be said about, like, like with the with the notchback that I have, I drove it yeah. a little bit, and then the like the front tires rub and some stuff like that. So I I just ordered some small fourteen inch tires. I may have to get the yeah. front wheels machined. I might have to do a little narrowed uh, trailing arm in the front. But I want to drive that car because it's such yeah. a, it's such a cool car. And the little seventeen seventy six in there. I mean, you just turn the key, it just purrs like a kitten. It's like because in the eighties. Nobody, nobody was needing a big motor. Nobody needed a 22 anything. You needed a 1641, a 1776, maybe dual carbs. You kept the deck lid closed. It was clean. It was closed. But you wanted, you were, it was all about driving the look. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it, I think uh, some of the, 
some of the, I mean, the, the car's outrageous to look at. When it's in the sunshine, the, the photos that I, that I, that we got, that were taken for Volkswagen magazine, the, the thing is, it actually looks like that. When it's in, when the sun's out, it's crazy. It looks like it's almost fluorescent pink, but it's, it's just a crazy looking thing. And now, if you ever see a pink car, like a new car that's pink, you look at it and you think, God, that's disgusting. Who the hell would buy a pink car? You know, it's never the right colour. Yeah. It's never the right pink. It's always too Barbie. It's this, that, and the other. But for some reason, this one just looked bright. And um, I had it parked out in town where I, was, I live in a little town here, and I had it parked outside the supermarket. And I've gone in to get something, and I've come out, and there's three young lads standing beside the car. I reckon, I don't know, in their early twenties, late teens, early twenties, and they're just looking at it. And this lad goes to me, "Excuse me, he goes, uh, what is this car?" And I told him what it was, and he said, it's a Volkswagen. And I said, yeah. He said, I've never seen anything like this. And I said, yeah. He goes, how old is it? And I said, 1969. And they're all laughing, and 69? Oh, man, this thing's so old. He goes, but the colour is just the sickest car we've ever seen. Yeah. He goes, it's the best thing we've ever seen. He said, I can't believe it. And I said, I'll take it and like it then. Yeah, oh, man, the colour. The... Oh, man, this is so cool. And then to see the reaction from youngsters like that is is... Yeah, you know, that was the same reaction I thought probably when I first saw it, you know. You know, and and it's funny because a lot of people, um, I, I've made my stance pretty clear on kind of the patina look. I'm not a big fan of it. And I think the, re- the no. reason why is because it's like no kid has ever been standing in a street corner and like rubbernecking a patina car. They see something coming down that's pink, that's blue, that's looks like a bag of Skittles broke open. Like, I mean, there's something there and they see it. And I think that's, for me, it's like, it's what makes you become a car guy because you see this car that's so cool. And you're like, just like you saw it in the magazine, you're like one day I'll be behind the, I'll be behind the wheel of something like that. And that's why I love I'm I'm so passionate about the cars from the '80s because they had a look. I mean, I I had the red chop top in my driveway the other day. I moved it out in the driveway, and I was just looking at the car and I was telling my son, I'm like, you know, because because we just picked him up for his first car, like a early uh, mid '90s 325i, and I got I picked up some Borbets that I found, and like just just full on '90s look, and I'm like, I'm like. Dude, the car's got to have the right stance. And if it's got the right stance, I'm looking at the red car. I'm like, you just look at that car. You got to look hard to see the chop. And then you notice the chop and you see all these little hot rod cues. But I'm like, it just, it's red, red, pink, yellow. All these colors just grab your attention. They make you look at it. And then you really appreciate all the work that's been into it. But I, I love, I mean, I love the look of, of all these cars and, and it's probably cause we're reminiscent about our youth, but it's like, it seemed like it, it was, it was the magazine covers that had the car wash scenes or the barbecues. And you're just like, man, I just need that car. And then me and my friends could have a party. Like we're just going to hang out and we're going <laughs> to hang out on my pink car and have a party, you know, but there's just something about the boldness of the crazy paint jobs of the eighties and like that, I don't care if it's pink, I'm driving it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it was just more like, just such a cool look. And, and I'm so, I'm so stoked to see what you went through with the car. I think it's, it's only fitting, right? That this car lit your fuse and, and, and made you follow this path of restoration and paint bodywork. And then you get, you get the honor of like completely redoing the car to preserve it, but to bring it to modern standards. So like the little thing, cause you know, the show car world was completely different back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything yeah. was oh, God, yeah. judged from three feet away and, you know, kind of looking yeah. at the mirrors and, and now show cars in, in our generation now are completely different. And I think this car looks like it's been done to the standard of today's show cars, you know? Yeah. I think we, we did the best we could in the time frame we had. Um, and I think when we had it on display at Volkswagen with the mirrors under it, we went, we went I, I kept looking at the pictures of it, how they used to display it, and I thought, right, we're going to try and do exactly the same as the way they displayed it, you know, we had the mirrors, we had the tilt on it, and then it looked insane in the show with the lights on it, and the, and it, there was just a permanent crowd around it all weekend, you know, and it, and that's, I haven't over-owned a show car like that, you know, to the point where it's, it, it looks almost undrivable, you know, it just looks yeah. like, and, and the comments from people 
can't see the point in having that car. What's the point of it? You know, it's, it, people didn't understand it. You know, and there's no no disrespect to these people. If that's if, you know that's their opinion. If sure. they don't, you know, there's not, I'm not going to stand and argue with like a hundred people over the weekend. No, it's my car and I'll drive it. It's like, no, you have your own opinion, and then you know one day you'll see me driving down the road and thinking, oh, actually, <laughs> you know, that's that's the car I said we'd never see on the road. But I think yeah. you know, and then and and you also, I think did you did you debut it with the other Gia, but the the other Gia was a Gia from the same time period from the UK or a little later. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was done in eighty nine. Uh, that car, um, which now belongs to one of my very good friends, Nick uh, Nick Downham owns it. That was built by Brett Hawksby, who's the, who's basically started uh, Bug Jam. He's the guy that started who had the idea for Bug Jam, and he's the guy. Guy. Everyone knows who he is, you know. He built that car back in the day, and that was another crazy T top. You know, had a T top conversion they did. It was just outrageous. Nine eleven headlights, right? Um, brilliant thing. And um, Nick owned it for about five years, and it was just looking a little bit tired, you know, just a little bit tired. And then um, we done a few repairs on it for him, and he took it out, and then uh, he had a tree, a lorry hit a tree in front of him, and a branch it broke the branch off, and it fell, and it. It landed across the bonnet in the wing, and uh. he rang me up and he said, eh. "And he said, listen, he said, I've had a tree fall out of my car. He brought it to the shop, and we were looking at it, and he just said, oh, I've had enough. I've had enough.' And I said, "Come on, let's just sort, let's just fix it, shall we?" So, and he goes, "All right." So I said, "Let's fix it." Get, he wanted to get rid of the, the fuel filler neck in the, in the wing, and he said, and, "And sculpt the front bumper in and all this." So I said, "I'll tell you what, we'll do those bits, and we'll touch up all the other bits on the car, make it look tidy." So whilst I'm in America, when I'm in California at Christmas, yeah, uh, I I ended up getting COVID at Christmas when I was over there. So we had to stay another week, and not because I was ill. It's just the fact that we weren't allowed to travel. Right. So when I eventually came back, so I had next week, so I was three weeks in uh, in California. Not not such a hard thing to do right, you know, right. anyway. And then you know I've come back, and that gear is on my ramp, and the whole front's in bare metal. Put all the side down below the bottom of the wooden bare metal. I'm freaking out. So I'm said to the lads, no, that's not what I wanted. That's, I told you, I just had to fix these bits. And I said, oh, man, Mick's going to do his nut when he comes in. And they were like, oh, no, Mick said, he's been in while you've been not here. And they just said, just do it. And I said, so on top of everything else we've got to get done, we're now we've got to repaint this car <laughs> with all them graphics and everything. And they were like, well, yeah, he said, we'll do it. And I said, oh, man. So we went at that one as well. And then, you know, pulled the motor out, done all the tinware, paint the engine bay, put the side tins in it, repainted, did all the whole car again, all the graphics, a lot, and debuted the pair of them together at Volkswagen Show. And uh, it was just, the Volkswagen Show this year for me was probably one of the best I've ever been to, and I, purely because it was so much of the 80 stuff there, you know, and walking into the main hall and seeing freshly finished show cars that you could only ever dreamed about all those years ago in front of you just stick you know yeah. stacked up there was like five against the back wall one in the middle you know there was all the ones downstairs there was just so much stuff there and a load of youngsters were just it was nice for them to see it in the flesh and actually as a show car not some tired old has been that's been pulled out of a shed somewhere that's it was nice once but it's not now right you know and that, right. that is the majority of them they were nice ones they're not now you know, so and now, you know, I've took some flack for doing it and I, I just don't care. And I just said, you know, because I've done two for it. I've done two of them now. In fact, I've done three of them with the yellow towel looker as well. And, oh, really? Um, they were just like, yeah, the yellow, the, the yellow 60 bug with a rag top. That was done uh, years ago here and that needed a bit of love. So we redid the whole car, got rid of the burning new interior um, because it was just tired and knackered, so we had it redone, just refreshed it a little bit, put a bigger motor in it. But to look at it, it looks like the same car, you know. We put the we put the yellow fire spokes back on it. It had it came with fake BRM, so we ended up putting some. It originally back in the day, it had color coded MP5, so we found a set of early ones, put them on it, and um, went back to the how it was, you know. And uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of oh, you should left these cars alone. And I said, nah, man. But no one gets it when they're old and tatty, you know? Well, and, and that's kind of the thing with, with, you know, the conversation I had with my 
brother about the bull run bus when i said you know what i'm pulling all the bull run logos off of it man this is going to be the let's talk does bus. he's like i can't believe you're doing that man it's a bull run bus i said it's not dead man it's still it's still evolving it's still part of the process it's still yeah. it's current history because what we're doing is i'm turning it into the let's talk dubs bus right so there'll be a couple yeah. little graphics on there say let's talk dubs but the interior is going to be turned into like a a podcast you know a podcast cool. booth on the inside and uh but still tied almost like a camping kit but set up for recording and and there's part of that history that still goes on with these cars like even the car that i have the 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 red chop top it's like i would never do anything to make it like but i put a motor a Berg, a a complete Berg 1800 motor in there that's all like of everything that's on it would have been on it in the 80s if you had the money to buy Gene Berg stuff for it. So for me it was like yeah. the crowning jewel to put that motor in because that motor was deserving of a of a car of that era. And so now it's like, you know, it, it, it's I've done enough modifications cuz I had a 2.2 liter in it before and it was a monster, but I was like I'm going to get in big trouble and I'm going to wad this car up with that motor and I just want a cruiser in this thing because that was the way it was, you know, back in the early days when we had, you know, it was like, don't touch the motor as long as it runs, spend your money on wheels, tires and paint and body, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, I, I, I I think having the young kids see that there's going to be a turn in the tide, you know, because it becomes fashionable to some point, right? Like even the patina look took off and it was, and, and, and face it, guys get into Volkswagens usually because they're broke. And if you can take something that's rotted in the desert, do the suspension and get it running, man, and and then everybody thinks you're cool, hey, there goes the patina look, right? That's all the rage. And now they start to get the appreciation for the little detail stuff, the kind of that look of the 80s. And I I think, I mean, I've been saying this for years, but now it's just the, the whole, that whole 80s vibe, early 90s, late, mid, late 80s. It's all it's all getting to where it's appreciated now by a lot of us guys that have been in the scene and and those were the cars that inspired us and I, I just think it's I think it's so fitting that you ended up with that Gia and everything took place that had to take place because it's like you get the car and there's no wiring in it and you're like <laughs> you're like you're like how did they start this thing you know what I mean and it's just like yeah. and, and but in the 80s that was kind of the show car thing is like, okay, finish everything up. We'll push it in. We'll set it up. We'll take the wheels off. No one needs to drive it. We'll just get it in here. And we're here to take, we're here to take titles. And, and that, and, and that was the same thing with Steve's notch, you know, Steve's notch when he first finished it, it was not a driver. he never drove it. It was a show car only. And then after it had gone through the show circuit, he was like, well, I'm gonna start driving it. So he started making the car functional, you know, and luckily that's the version I ended up with because you know, now I can, I can go in the garage, start it up. I can drive it straight. As soon as I turn the tires, as soon as I turn the tires, I start rubbing. And so as soon as I get my new tires, I'll do a little a suspension adjustment in the front. But I look forward to cruising that thing, man. Cause on yeah. top of that, you know, it's an automatic. There's no better cruiser than an automatic. You, oh, just, really? you just throw your arm out the window. And like, if you're thinking about it back in the eighties, you'd spend all your free time messing with the equalizer you know, fine tuning your sounds. <laughs> so you don't got time yeah. to shift gears, you know? So yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's so cool that, that you've got your dream car and it's not only not a, not that it was a disappointment before. Right. But it, what you could, yeah, it, it wasn't a disappointment. It was just, you couldn't live your dream. You, know? you, you couldn't live yeah. your dream. Yeah. You bought a show car, you know what yeah. I mean? And now it's a fully functioning car. That is a show car. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the best part is you get to drive it. You get to drive it yeah. now. I mean, as careful, you'll probably be more careful in that car than a lot of other cars, just because you don't oh, want to. Yeah. You don't want to drag the quiet packs across the ground or any of that kind of stuff because it's all <laughs> it's all painted, you know. And so, I think it's awesome, man. I think it's such a cool story, and especially, I wonder. I mean, did people give you a hard time that you were redoing it did, when they found out? Did you get any negative feedback? Like, I can't believe you would change history like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got I had a few people, you know, speak to me about it. And um, not directly. You get the old, oh, have you heard this? Is, this is People are saying this. And this but I don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? I just said, look, at the end of the day, I said, you know, it's my car now. And I, if I want to change it, I'll change it. 
you know. I said, but I'm not going to. I'm going to do it. I'm just that's what I want to do. And when it's done, you'll you know you'll understand. And it because because no one really saw the car and it's in the state as I got it. I, I didn't really show anyone. A couple of people saw it, and um, if anyone had seen it, if I displayed it like that, I think they would realise that I've done the right thing, you know. Yeah. And it's no taking away of the how the car was. It was just tired, bless it. It was just it just needed a bit of love, you know, to bring it back into the into the world, you know. Well, and to put things in the proper perspective, looking at that car, knowing it was built by guys in their early twenties that are thrashing the car together to get it to a car show. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of respect that's got to go to that because these are guys that came out of nowhere Bakersfield and came into Southern California and really shook up the scene, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the best part. I think it's, it's interesting because before I started the podcast and really started researching on that, I remember all the cars, but it's like once I started putting together the Bakersfield thing, I mean, I've, I have enough content now to almost do an entire documentary on Bakersfield. Just like yeah. what was happening in those few short years and how it had an impact on the entire VW scene around the world. I mean, just mm -hmm. Colin Burnham's book. I have one of his books, which is just vintage Volkswagens. Or I don't know what it is. It's just got the split window on the cover of it. And it's yeah. like those books hit here. And as an enthusiast, when you go to a bookstore, the first thing you do is go to automotive section, look for any Volkswagen books and you buy them because you don't have them. And it's like when those cars get printed in something like that that was so there were so few publications especially books that came out with volkswagens they everything in that book becomes iconic you know yeah. what i mean and i think it's i think it's awesome that the car is no longer in a garage where it will never be seen and now it's you know it's it was available volks and a lot of people that grew up to see that car were able to like see it in the flesh and yeah it's, it was the same thing at the Grand National Roadster Show. So many people came there and saw so many cars they'd seen in the magazine, and they were just so surprised to see those cars still around. And I think yeah. it's, it's a testament to the hard work that went into those cars because I don't think you're going to be dumping that car anytime soon. You know what I mean? No, no, no that's, that's my key for life, that one. I mean, I promised Dennis when I bought it, I said I'd never, I have no intention of selling it. I don't have the intention of selling it. You know, it's, and, I don't. I don't even know how to put a price on these things. If, if, let's say, for instance, you had to put a price on it. It's only worth that money to me. To someone else, it's just a pink palm and gear. You right. know, it's yeah. like okay, it's quite famous, but I mean, you know, I, I didn't pay a lot of money for that car. I, I mean, you know how much I paid yeah. for it. I'd have paid, you know, in in the UK, in UK money, I didn't even pay five thousand pounds for it. You know, I yeah. got it for next to nothing. It was a cheap, cheap car. Um, and at the time, I thought, oh, my God, that's so cheap. It's, you know, I've, I'm on a winner here. But Dennis has been honest, so honest with me right from the start. And he, he could have told me 20 grand, and I'd have still have bought the car. Right. Yeah. I would have bought it. If he had said, yeah, 20 grand, I'd have still bought it. But I didn't. He, he, he sold his car, $7,000 or whatever it was. And, um, and I couldn't believe he was letting me have it for that money. And for someone to do that, knowing full well what I've got to do to put that car on the road, we had a long talk about it before we discussed actually money. So he knew what was going to go down. He knew I was going to, you know, I wasn't playing and I was going to do it. So, you know, I think there's a lot of credit to go to him to, to let me have the car so cheap, you know, and trusted me to do what I've done. And I spoke to Dennis and I sent him the photos of the car and he's just, he can't believe that what we've done in that sort of short space of time. And he said, the car's never looked that good. You know, I'll send you the text message. He said, the car's never looked that good. And he said, I'm so glad it went to you. He said, it was just fake. You end up with that car. And uh, I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I think that's part of it. I think it's like so, so many, so many things are superficial. It's where like, you see it, it's cool. It's whatever. And that was yesterday, but it's like certain yeah. things just stick with you. And it's like, if you're able to, to carry the torch on and to be able to bring that car, cause it's kind of weird, right? Like you're known for cars that you built. I've, I'm, I'm known for cars that I've designed and had built for me and, yeah. and whatever. But it's like, driving someone else's car usually that's like in the car world it's like that's the last thing you want to do right is buy somebody's car and like Absolutely. oh i see you're by driving bill's old car you know what i mean like <laughs> the people hate that right but i, I think do. in this in this in this day and age now because of the cars you know being icons themselves it's like mm. people are envious that you're the guy that gets to own it now you know what i mean yeah I yeah, I think so. 
and it's, I think, yeah, I think you look at that. Yeah, you're and, right. And and I think the 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 good part is being able to tell the story of the car because you're kind of the caretaker of that car right now. So you get to say, hey, you know, you know, this isn't just what you think it is. This car lit my fuse, and it was my inspiration through all the years that I've been doing this. And today I get to own this car, and not many people get to say that they own like with me the red chop top. It was like this car had so much influence on me with the first car that I built. I didn't even know it until I looked back at pictures of my first car that was red with red five spokes and white rag top. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is like a wannabe version of that car. Yeah. And and it was my go-to book. And, and I just, I remember that car because to me. And I remember seeing it. I remember seeing the red chop top. I was at the classic in like 2000, 2010 because I went on, it's funny. I went back on the Samba and I was looking at some old threads that I put on. And in 2010, there was a picture of that car and I made a comment in that picture said, this is one of my all time favorite cars. I tried to find the owner, but I couldn't. And that was 2010. And then come 2020, I ended up being the owner of that car, which I would never thought I would have. And, and as a car guy, you never, th you don't, I don't think you ever go into a situation thinking I'm going to buy that car. You're always like, especially in the VW world, we're like, I'm going to build something like that, but better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it's awesome that you get to own it. I'm, I'm excited to the cars that I get to own um, and being able to, to pass on the stories of them, you know, because yeah. they, they just make such a difference with us that there's no shame in displaying that. I mean, I'm so proud to tell you like, hey, this car was built in 1985. People are yeah. like, what? Yeah. What you know what I mean? Like, it's, I mean it's 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 not the exact car, but this was the way it was in 1985, pretty much. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it, it's just to have that, to be able to you know, sh park that car and watch other people get inspired by it. To me, I think is is the most yeah. exciting thing. Yeah, I, I <laughs> the first time I drove it on the road. Um, the weather was just outrageous up for here. It's been quite nice recently, and, and it was just super hot, blue skies. Got a car out, and I said, "Well, I'm bringing it home." And I remember I drove it home, and some of the roads back here that you know in the country around the countryside, and they're just like driving around all the country lanes, and it was just without saying it was a bit weird. It was just a bit of a it's a surreal moment because I, I had to stop, and I was on this bridge, and I, I mean it was over the big over the motorway here, and I stopped on the bridge and. I got out of the car and I was stood there looking at the car. I don't know, because we, we put a big stereo in it like it did, it was meant to have had. Because yeah. um, we read about how it had this big stereo in it and there was nothing in it when it turned up. So we, we put a big stereo in it. So, you know, and then so just how it managed. And I sat there, just sat leaning against this bridge, looking at the car, thinking, man, I can't actually believe it. Looking back at all them years ago when I sat there and I used to look at that book and look at the book and just imagine driving around California and all the madness that used to go around what you guys were doing back then, you know, and just think, oh, and it's just there in front of me, the actual <laughs> car, you know. Like, <laughs> I got to pinch myself, yeah. Yeah, that's it, it's it. And it's, I know some people just don't get it. Some people just think I'm a bit weird or they might just think, oh, man, he's just, you know, he's milking it. It's just, it's just, until you've actually done something, you know, achieved a life goal to that sort of level for me, it's, it's, it's quite strange, you know. It be in a good way, and still, I got back in the car and I drove into where I live now. And I don't, I'll take if I'm out driving it, I'll take the long way home, or I'll go for a drive, and just for no reason now. And I've actually found a, a new love just getting my car and drive for no reason at all, and I haven't done that in ages, you know. Well, and I think, and I think sometimes if it's a car, let's say it's a show car you built to get a bunch of trophies, and it's over the top on every level. All you're thinking when you're driving is like, I'm going to have to clean this and do this and do this. But now this car is like, nope, it's done. And now I'm going to put miles on it. Like, I'm not yeah. going to drive it through a mud puddle. But if it gets a little bit of dirt on it, hey, I can always wipe it off. But it's more, it's you know, it's like your place in that car is behind the wheel because of that dream you tried to realize so many years ago. And then I really, yeah. you know, the, 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 the part that I think is, is, is so great is I go out in my garage and I look at the red bug or the notchback and it just makes me smile. I'm like, how cool, yeah. how cool is that? That that's right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and the funny part is I had friends that I didn't even know that liked those cars when they're ever at my house. Like, man, this is my favorite car of all your cars. This car was so cool. And I'm thinking like, Oh, this car had that same effect on you. Like when, 
you know, yeah. which is a super cool thing to share. And, you know, it's, it, it's just something, I don't think you could find that too often where like you can own someone else's car and be proud to own someone else's car. Yeah. I, I never thought I'd do it. I never thought I'd, cause I've built that many cars now, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I could ever own someone else's car, especially a show car Yeah, for what I do. But I don't think I say, I don't think I've ever been proud of behind a wheel of driving this car thinking, you know, every time someone up, I, I, I find myself telling the story to anyone I can, which is, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I had a guy turn up at my house the other day. He had a brand new, uh, multivan. Um, it was had a, he, and he's a friend of a guy, he's a brother of a guy that did some work in his car. And he said, Oh, can you have a look at this rear port? It's been painted by Volkswagen. It's not the right color. The gear is outside. It's outside my house in my in my garage out there, and they had the door open and uh, there's a cover over it. And he pulled up and we're talking, and he said, "Oh, he goes, what's under there?" So, without hesitation, covers <laughs> off, and I'm like, and he, he was like, "Oh my god!" He goes, "What's this?" And then I just launched into this story, and he's just standing there transfixed. And I got halfway through the story, thinking, "Man, this guy must be bored out of his mind," <laughs> you know, and he just. And I said, look, I'm really sorry. I just got a bit carried away. And he said, no, no, no. He said, finish the story. Yeah. So I finished the whole story. And he was just, just a complete random stranger. He, he just kept looking at the car and he was just absolutely blown away by it and the story that went with it. And I must have told it like a hundred times already. And it's just, and it doesn't get any anything any worse. It's always, I enjoy telling the story and I'm, I'm proud of the car and I'm, you know, of where I am now with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a physical reminder of why you do what you do. Yeah. Every time I look at it, you yeah. know? So it's, yeah. I mean, I thought I was going to have it in my showroom at work, just have it there, look at me office or do it. But it's not, it sits here at home with me and, uh, you know, and I, and I just, so I've always got it here now. So I'll just jump in that. Even if I'm going to go in the shop, instead of walking, I'll jump, get in a car and drive down there. And, nice. You know, just, just drive it whenever I can. That's my plan. No, that's that. I, I mean, that's so cool. And it's such a wild story that, you know, it's like just when you think, because when you told me what you paid for the car, I'm like, oh my gosh, you stole the car. I got this notch back over here. I paid double that for the notch and it was totally worth it. It's not as, you know, and then they're two, they're on two different, like, I think Dennis's Gia was a bigger icon in the UK than it was here because, right. of, because of Colin's book. Absolutely. You know? And, and it was one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, it's that pink gear. But out here in, in the States, we had 50 pink gears, you know, so they, they quickly got yeah. lost between the pink gears. Right. And yeah. so although that car was iconic, it wasn't like future shock was, you know what I mean? Like where it was like yeah. future shock was like this wild, crazy over the top thing, but it's still one of those things where it's like, it came out of a certain place with some particular guys were all friends building cars together yeah. that each yeah. guy was inspiring the next guy and there's so many layers of that history that we're living currently you know what i mean like we've got friends and we've got buddies that inspire us and they build something and we we move the chess piece this way and that way but i think it's just it's so rad that that history lives on and I, i'm happy for you that you get to enjoy that car that it, it's at your house to be enjoyed to hop in and, and, and take for a quick little Sunday drive, if you like, or whatever, <laughs> versus like have to go to the shop and go through the whole process of getting it out and all that stuff. It's just like, it it's where it needs to be like at the ready to go for a cruise. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. so yeah, well, man, I appreciate you for coming on and telling the story and, uh, no, no problem. I think it, I Thanks think it's so me. cool. Yeah, no, I, I think it's just, I think it's such a wild turn of the story that nobody knew what was going on. And, yeah. uh, I'm glad that we can tell that story over here, man. So, yeah. Well, cool, man. Listen, hopefully, I'll see. You. I don't know if I can have a new passport by the time the uh, EBI hits this year, um, mm -hmm. but uh, if not, I'm sure I'll see you in the future at some point, man. We'll 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 hang out sooner or later, brother, face to face. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I think I just I just saw your um, your post for your November show. Yeah. Oh, the one in October. Yeah. Yeah, okay, but well, I think I think I'm going to come over for that. Listen, you come over. I'll have a car ready for you. I'll have a car. <laughs> I'll have I'll have one of the icons you can bomb around in, man. Sweet. So yeah, I'm telling you. It's, listen, when can you be? And I had a I had one of our guys that was here in, the, in, in we were doing a podcast, and I said, well, why don't you look up and see if 
I want to see if Guinness Book of World Record has the lo- the biggest Volkswagen cruise, and we'll see if we can get a world record for the most Volkswagens on Las Vegas Boulevard for a for a, for a street cruise. So we'll see, man. It's listen. It's an interactive event. It's a great time where everybody get like it's it's the best part of the car hobby. It's the driving part. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, and so many friendships are made during that. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd love to have you down here and, uh, let me know once you get everything situated and, uh, we'll make sure we, we get you treated right out here. You'll, you'll definitely not feel like a fish out of water. You'll be in a Volkswagen <laughs> here in the States, man, for sure. That's what I'm talking about. Wicked. Thanks brother. You got it, man. Well, Hey, thanks for yeah. coming. Thanks for staying up late to do the podcast and, no, uh, that's fine. and we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah. You take care of my man. All right, brother. If you guys like that podcast, and I know you did, make sure you go to letstalkdubs.com, click on the merch page, and support your favorite podcast. And don't forget, reserve your rooms now for the Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend coming up October 7th and 8th. Go to letstalkdubs.com, click on Showtime, and reserve your rooms, get your rates, and pay for your registration for your chance to win a couple thousand bucks on Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend. Until next week, guys. Later.